0: All right, how are we doing tonight? Yeah? Good. I know I'm still a new face. Uh, my name's Chris, and I primarily work with our middle schoolers. So you'll see a lot more of me over the next months, years to come. I know some of y'all are seniors and graduating, but um, I'm here to stay. So I'm um, excited to be with you guys tonight. And something really neat um, that's taken place, like totally unplanned, is that regardless of whether you were here this morning and you heard it from Pastor Heath and here in, this, in service, or whether you heard it in your high school life groups or community groups this morning, totally unplanned, we all have the same passage tonight. And so I think as we're looking at this, like, God's got a message for us. And I think as we talk about prayer and we talk about this theme of Shook, I'm really excited for us to dive in because I don't think it's a coincidence that we're all in the same place today. So you may hear some things that you could have heard earlier this morning, especially in the passage, but, or this could be totally new. Um, but because we're going to be talking about prayer tonight... I want you to raise your hand if you've ever just wondered, does God actually hear me? Is that ever a question to you and you thought? It's been a question of mine. Have you ever prayed a prayer that you don't think God's answered? Yeah? Me too. I think it's a universal Christian experience to some degree and some level. I think you've all prayed, God, please help me get an A on this test, and we didn't ever study for it, right? I mean, am I the only one? Okay, right? (laughs) (laughs) right. I know. Um, I think we've prayed, like, God, please help that guy or that girl like me. And God says, in your dreams. Um, Or I think we've all prayed, like, Lord, help me sleep tonight. And then we just stayed up tossing and turning all the time, all night long. Or we've prayed, like, God, please help my parents not get divorced. And they got divorced. Or we've prayed, like, God, heal my friend or heal my family member. And they may have remained sick or they may have passed away. So it's like, where is God in these moments? And I think these are all natural questions to have and to ask, and they're very, like, they're valid, right? So where is God? Like, does God, doesn't the Bible talk about Jesus and God listening to our prayers? Doesn't it talk about us, like, being heard? Doesn't it talk, us, talk, talk to us and answer, that God answers our prayers? Well, the, the simple answer is yes. It does say that God hears. It does say that God listens, and it does say that God answers our prayers. But there are a few misconceptions that we all have or who have a tendency to have that lead us astray when it comes to prayer. And that's what we're going to dive into tonight. Before we do anything else, is that sometimes we treat God like he's a genie. And we just think that we can just go to him and he's going to just grant us the wishes of our desires. And it doesn't happen, we lose faith. So how often do we actually go to God with something that we know isn't exactly right? And we, we say our prayer and we say, God, please do this, that, and the other thing. And then it doesn't happen. Or it's like the, we throw God that Hail Mary prayer of like, please help me get an A, and we never studied for it, and so we expect God to do a miracle, but when we get our grade back, it's not an A. And we're like, God, didn't even hear me? But we didn't do any of the work for God to actually move. Or maybe this is it. Maybe, maybe you look at prayer as like God owes it to you, and say so it's that genie kind of thing where you're like, well, I rubbed the bottle three times, so like, God grant me these three wishes. And when He doesn't, we get frustrated. We're like, God doesn't hear in me. But that's not how prayer works. Or we put prayer on our timeline. I think this is big. I think I'm guilty of this. Where I think, I say a prayer and I say, God, I need this done. And then when it's not done in the time frame that I needed it in, like I just was unheard. Or maybe the prayer wasn't important or like maybe just God ignored it. Maybe, maybe that's a thought that you've got. Um, but that's a misconception. That's something that we're going to look at tonight in scripture to show that that's not the case. That God does hear us. God does answer. And he desires the prayers of his people. So the second misconception is this we got to be perfect in order to have our prayers answered. So this idea of perfectionism, like I am a perfectionist to the T when it comes to my academics. Like that is, I mean, every I dot my I's and I cross my T's and I'm I, like such an important factor to me. And so when it comes to my faith, sometimes I think it's easy to also apply that same rule to, to what we're doing and think that we got to be perfect to come to God. But God knows that we're not perfect. God, that's why the whole point of the cross, right? I mean, that's the whole point of Jesus is that, We're never going to be good enough. But for some reason, we know we're sinful, and it's that in our sin, we think, God doesn't want to hear us. God doesn't care enough about us to actually take a listen or take investment into our personal lives. He's not interested in you. Or maybe this, and maybe that we think that our obedience deserves a blessing, or our obedience deserves the blessing of answered prayer. It's like, okay, well, if I obey enough, then, then I can go one for one with God on answered prayer. And we know that that's not how prayer works either. You see, like God desperately wants to hear from us, but these misconceptions are straight from the devil. Like Satan wants nothing more than to find that crack in our faith where we're a little weak and just rip it apart and say, God doesn't care about you. God's not invested in your life. God's not interested in the small things. Like, who cares that you have a boyfriend that broke your heart or that you have a girlfriend that cheated on you? Like, I don't care. That's too small. God doesn't care. And so sometimes we think that we're so far from God that, that he's not gonna listen to us. And that is just the farthest from the truth. And so as we look at scripture, I mean, Paul wrote it in Philippians that it says, do not be anxious for anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. See, God wants to know everything about our lives, the ins and the outs. It's not just the good, not just the bad. He doesn't want you to come to him when just in times of crisis. He's like, tell me everything regardless of where you've been in your life i want it all the next verse that we're going to look at is hebrews 4:16 where the author of hebrews as he talks about prayer he says let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of god that we may receive mercy and find grace in time of need so it's not just that when we we're so distant or we don't think that god's listening that we just think that god doesn't care about us no the author here says like when it comes to prayer Come boldly, come confidently to God because he cares. He wants to give you help in time of need. He wants you to find grace and, and rest in him. And so God knows we all, have our, we all come from different places in our lives. That's not news to God, but these are some of the misconceptions that we fall prey to, and these are the truths saying, hey, God cares about it all. God wants to know everything about you, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and you're never gonna be too far away from God for, for him just to say, my hand's right here. Just pray. So, that being the case, tonight we're going to look at a few different things, examples of, of what prayer is then. Now that we've looked at what prayer isn't, if it's, he's not a genie and we don't have to be perfect and we don't have to just, it's not about this legalistic obedience, we're going to look at what is important about prayer. Well, first and foremost, we need to believe that, and we need to know, that prayer is contingent upon a relationship with Christ, contingent being dependent. Without a relationship with Christ, that prayer isn't out of a relationship, and so if we look at what scripture says, Jesus said it himself. He goes, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever it will be and it shall be done for you. And this is my father's glory. And this is my father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. You see, God wants to answer our prayers as Christians, but it's, it's an answer of prayer that comes, that brings him glory, that is a reflection of God in our fruits so that people can know that we're disciples of Christ. And this is a major truth that I want you to hold on to, is that God wants you to abide in him. And it all comes down back to just the relationships that we have with Christ and what that looks like. And so the next thing is this, is that there's power in praying in the name of Jesus. And so we look at the scripture here, Jesus says it again in John 16, Until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive, that your joy may be full. So I think of it like a relationship with my best friend, like just you guys. You don't become best friends with your best friend if you don't spend time with them, if you don't talk to them regularly. You didn't become best friends with each other by ignoring each other in the hallways or by sitting on polar opposite sides of the classroom. You guys became best friends by learning what each other like, what each other dislike, the pros and cons of life together, and you're vulnerable together. And the more vulnerable you are, the more willing you are to do things for another or one another. You see, God is the creator of relationships and more than anything, he desires that relationship with us and that only takes place with time. And so God desperately wants to give good gifts to his children, but that comes out of that relationship that we know and trust and have faith in, which leads us to point number three about prayer is that prayer requires faith. At the end of the day, this is what it's about is we know that we need to have a relationship with Christ. We know there's power in the name of Jesus, but without faith, if we don't believe in our heart that God actually cares and that he's going to actually l- listen to what we have to say, then what's the point, right? So if we're going to be real with each other and with ourselves, I think it happens all the time, and I know I'm guilty of it. I know there have been times in my life where I've prayed to God, and like, God, please heal this or do that. For, and, and I know deep down I have this feeling that God's not going to do it. So maybe that's you. Maybe, the, you. maybe you relate to that and that you lack that faith. But scripture here says, and without faith it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. I think this is powerful because without faith, like I just talked about, like it is impossible to please God. Not only that, but I think the second part of this verse is so crucial is that when we see the aspect of reward, it's like, okay, so I got the faith, right? I believe that God exists, so God says he's going to reward me if I seek him. Well, what does that reward mean? I think we as Christians often think that, well, the reward means that God's going to answer my prayer. God's going to do it exactly how I asked him to. He's going to answer it in the timeline that I need it by. And that's just not how God works and how God operates. And this is what the two individuals that we're going to look at tonight is what you, partly what we've looked at this morning in service, in our Bible studies or in our community and life groups. But it's this. We're going to be looking at Paul and we're going to be looking at Jesus. And so the first is that we look at Paul. We're going to be in 2 Corinthians 12 and it says, So to keep me from becoming conceited, and this is Paul speaking, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan, to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, my power is perfected in weakness. And let's keep going. For therefore I will boast and all the more gladly in the weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. That is why for the sake of Christ I delight in weaknesses and insults and hardships and persecutions and difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. See, Paul's dealing with something. He's suffering. It's not this little uh, literal thorn in his side. He's just desperately struggling with something. And he says, God, take it from me. Like, heal me. I think we are the same way. I think we struggle in so many capacities. And we're like, God, take this from me. Like, I don't want to do this any longer. And I need your help. But This is what he tells, like, if, if Christ were to, do, to give me this answer, and I think he does. It's a hard answer to receive. Because I think when we look at Christ answering our prayers, we always think of it as a Yes. We always think, well, God's going to grant us this, right? But an answer doesn't always mean yes. An answer can be no, it can be not yet, it can be, I mean, those are like the main ones. And so with this, Paul's saying, God, I'm in pain, and I, I want you to, like, take this from me. And God says no. And that's the answer. And that's the answer we have to, Paul has to be okay with. I think God does, something that, does that to us at times because Jesus says, my, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is perfected in your weakness, I think that's just powerful because sometimes we don't like that answer. Sometimes we're like, God, just fix it. And that's not, that's not how it works. But we see here, like, Paul then says, I will boast all the more. And that's such an incredible response as we look back to saying, man, would I do that? Is that how I, I would respond if God told me no? And he goes, I'll boast all the more in my weaknesses in insults and in hardships and persecutions and in difficulties. I mean, that's what we go through every day. Every single day we have that thrown in our face. And and Paul's like, all right, God, you're going to tell me no, and I'm going to praise you all the more. And so I think that's an incredible response to an answer to prayer and a no because it brings God glory. And that's what it comes back to is that God's got a plan for each and every one of us despite a prayer that we think that God isn't answering because it's not what we want. And did Paul want God to say no? No, not at all. That's why he says take it from me. I think we're going to look at Jesus now, and this is what this passage that we've looked at throughout the day is that as we come up to Easter, we know that Jesus has done miracle after miracle. He's coming to Jerusalem and he's just had the Last Supper with his disciples. And so he's now going to the Garden of Gethsemane and he knows he's about to be arrested. And so he goes to pray. And so he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, who are James and John, and he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. And then he said to them, my soul is consumed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch for me. Going a little further, he fell face down and prayed, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me, yet not my will, but yours. I think this is one of the most human moments of Jesus. Um, Not to say that there aren't others because Jesus is fully God and fully man. But we see Jesus like broken down here. And he knows that he needs to go to the cross. He knows that he needs to die and he knows he's about to be arrested. But he says, God, if there's any other way, take it. I'm suffering, I'm suffering to the point of death and I don't want to take it from me. I think we pray that same thing. Like we're going through hard stuff and we're like, God, take it from me. And did God answer his prayer? Well, the answer's yes. And he told Jesus, not yet. Because we know that he took the cup on the cross. Because if he took the cup at that point in time, then Jesus would not have died on the cross for us. There would, the salvation experience, like our salvation would not have taken place. And so this is what God has for us. He's got a plan that far exceeds our own expectations for our own lives. So sometimes we pray for things that we don't even know like, the future consequences of, and so God says no, or God says not yet. And that's okay, and that we need to be okay with that, because God has a, like, his plan and timing is totally different from our own. And so as we look at these two individuals, I think we, we don't like no. We don't like being told no. So as we, I want to tell a story of a man that I think will resonate with a lot of us. I think there's a, there's a guy who has a great faith or he's praying that in this moment of a storm and there's a big flood coming in that he's in his house, water's coming into his house and he starts praying like, God save me. And he has this vision as he's praying that God's going to reach down and lift him up to safety. So his neighbor comes over and knocks on the door and says, hey, I'm taking my family out to safety, why don't you hop in the truck with us? And, and he goes, no, dude, I'm good, God's going to save me. And so the water continues to rise, gets into his house, gets to the point where he has to go on the roof and he keeps praying, God save me. And so he gets on the roof and he's holding on to this vision, and a boat comes by, and they're like, Hey, take hold of the rope. We'll take you to safety. And and the guy's like, Don't worry about it. God's going to save me. Just trusting and believing that God's going to save him. And then a helicopter flies over as the water continues to rise. helicopter comes down, throws out a a ladder, and he says, And comes over a loudspeaker, Hey, grab hold of the ladder. We'll take you to safety. And the guy's like, Don't worry about it. God will save me. And so the guy ends up drowning because the water is continuing to rise. And so he gets to heaven and he says, he sees God and God's like, and he tells God, like, why why'd you, why'd you let me drown? Like, I had so much faith in you and I kept praying that you were going to save me. And God goes, dude, I gave you a car, I gave you a boat, I even gave you a helicopter and you just ignored them all. Like, what more could I have done for you? And I think that's so similar to you and I. I think we get so caught and so stuck in this thinking or this way of thinking that God has to answer our prayers this way and at this timing. And if he doesn't, then we're ignored or that we, he's not interested or we're it's just not heard. And that's just not how God works, and God has a great desire to answer the prayers of his people. And so just think about that. Where is God at work in your life that you have been so negligent to think about? Or you have refused to accept that he's work at work or working in the midst of, of your life and in your prayers because it's not exactly what you thought. And God's got a plan for you. He's got a timing for you. And so with that, I just don't want you guys to lose sight of that truth. And God has a plan, and scripture assures us of that. Like, God, we've walked through tonight that God hears you. Like, God does listen to your prayers. And like, God does answer prayers. And so just be aware and, like, don't fall prey to the, um, just the, the misconceptions that we talked about earlier tonight. Because that's such a true, like, moment that I think we're all, like, viable to fall into. And so with that, as we wrap things up this evening, I really want you guys to begin thinking about, like, what does your prayer life look like? Is your heart right before the Lord? Are you living in obedience for him to actually do work in your life? Are you confessing sins to him regularly and asking forgiveness? Because that's what scripture calls us to do. It's like, hey, come to me, all who are weary and heavy burdened, I will give you rest. And part of what coming to him looks like is, is confession of sin. And so if you're not a Christian tonight, then what this looks like is maybe you've got questions. Maybe you're still wondering like, hey, what is prayer all about? And I've tried prayer and it's like, there's, I don't, it's not that it's working for me. But maybe God's just saying, like, draw on you now. And say, if you don't know how to pray, then, then talk to us. Talk to one of our leaders. Grab me afterwards. I'd, be loving t- I'd love to talk to you about what it looks like to pray. And sometimes in our lives, it could just be a not yet. So don't lose hope if you're praying for something that's going on in your life that you're not so sure about. And you're not so sure that God's actually answered. Keep praying. So I tell you, like, like I said, God's got a plan for our lives that's much greater than our own. And I'll tell you a personal story is that I've been praying for my mom for years. My mom's been sick for a number of years and been praying for God to heal her and I don't know whats none of us know what's going to happen with her but he, she's not healed yet but I'm not losing faith and saying God's not here and her God's not working because I know that God's got a plan for my mom in ways that like she it's going to benefit her in the end and if it means that her cup is taken after death and so be it but I think that happens to so many many of us that we get so frustrated and caught up with man where are you God when God loves you God hears you and he wants to answer your prayers and so I think that's the, the point tonight is that don't walk away with here, believe in the misconceptions. Don't get caught up in thinking that you gotta be perfect. Like God doesn't wanna hear from you.